Aloha Kako. Welcome to another podcast of Aloha Happens, brought to you by the Sandwich Island Social Network. Our technical engineer is Baralono Archambault, and my name is Kamaka Brown. You know, Greg Sardina's early music influence growing up in Honolulu suburb of Palolo Valley was not Hawaiian. Like many young people of the 60s, he was drawn to the contemporary music, the popular music of the day. But yet, among the music being played, there was one artist that shone through for him. I grew up in Palolo Valley. Um, uh, we had a lot of older kids that was playing music. So there was a lot of music uh, groups, you know, back then in the, in the uh, 60s. Uh, and it was all top 40 music. But it was the guitar that I picked up first. Nobody was playing ukuleles around my block. The only training I took for a little while, and it's a really short time, was a piano, because I also played a little bit keyboards. This friend of mine, he took guitar lessons, so I would get it off of him. Because I grew up with all that, I didn't grow up with Hawaiian music. Later later on in life, you know, I, I think it wasn't until like when the Gabby Brown's album came out, and the Sunday Manoa, and it was the one I'm thinking of is Guava Jam. I was kind of interested in, you know, more of the, the picking kind of thing, yeah? There's not too much of a rhythm. Of course, we all have to learn how to play rhythm, but I was really intrigued with picking stuff like that. Let's talk about Alvin Kalanikau Barney Isaacs Jr. He was one of Hawaii's premier steel guitarists, you know. Barney grew up in a remarkable musical family that included his father, who was a composer and a band leader, Alvin Kaleolani Isaacs Sr., and two brothers, slack key master Leland Atta Isaacs and multi-instrumentalist Norman Isaacs. You see, Barney was long remembered as being exposed to music from the time that he was small kid, he said. We had a big house, Barney said, and the music was there all the time. Our dad had a dance band that rehearsed on the premise and they played all kinds of music, not just Hawaiian. So Alvin Sr. actively encouraged his 10 children to play. He taught Barney, Atta, and Norman the rudiments of steel guitar while they were still in elementary school. Barney says, When my dad noticed that we was always playing together, he suggested we form a trio. When the trio was formed, you know, they had to spread out. So Barney recalls, As the oldest, I got to pick first, (laughs) so I stayed with the steel. So Atta went on to the guitar, and Norman played the bass. Barney said, you know, we could sing parts and everything. And all that time, Hawaii music was really danceable. You know, the kind of foxtrots and waltzes. We was always trying to keep up, learn as much as we could from the older guys and the others like, like Pua Almeida and Jules Ossi, the Kalimas. They were all our age. Jules' steel playing probably had the most influence on me. Barney said. He could really make it sing. 
He had so many styles and different tunings. He was so adept at picking things up, but he never lost his own recognizable sound. Oh, how amazing would it be to actually sit down with Barney Isaacs, who passed away in 1996. Enter now Karen Keave, Hawaii. Hooked up with a friend that I, we became good friends and started hanging out together. Uh, Alvin Isaacs, the third. We called him Trip because he was the third. And we used to go to his house and uh, I saw that instrument. I said, man, what is this? He said, his dad plays the steel guitar. I started paying attention to it. That's the thing that intrigued me, the challenge, you know. I knew how to play guitar. I could kind of figure out slack key. You know, it was a challenge of learning how to play steel. I think I dropped the guitar for a good three years just to concentrate on figuring out the steel. All that was all new for me. Tuning, I had to figure it out. I didn't know what the C tuning was. I just tuned it like a guitar, I think. I got married young, so I, you know, I had to stop playing at the clubs in Waikiki, working at a truck driving job. After work, we'd get together. A couple of guys used to play like Hawaiian music, so I clicked in, you know, and that's when I started paying attention to the Hawaiian music and steel guitar, listening to Pete Rogers and uh, Billy Hulin and uh, Bonnie Isaacs and Gabby. When I got really interested in steel guitar, it was, I, I, th I went backwards kind of, because I really was, I really liked the old, the old guys, you know, with the resonator, the old first generation of players, the Frank Pereiras, the Dick McIntyre, the, you know, um, uh, Salvo OP, you know, they were, they were, you know, nobody taught them anything. They had to just figure out and come up with their own licks. Until today, those stuff are really hot, hot ideas that they had back then, you know. So I was, I was really liking that kind of, that kind of thing. So once I started kind of, um, you know, playing steel, I played with a lot of friends. And I guess maybe because of the contemporary reputation came because I wasn't really playing with, you know, honest to goodness, good chalangalang uh, Hawaiian artists. I was playing with friends and they were contemporary musicians. So I had to adapt to what they were doing. And so I had a few recordings, small stuff, but it wasn't until I ended up playing with Karen Kealvi Hawaii on her show. So that's why I met Chris Kamaka. I met up with Ipukumukai, um, Brian Tolentino. We were all the backup band. So when that finished, Ipo did a, a solo CD, so I played on that CD, and it wasn't, wasn't until that CD came out that I started getting phone calls for other projects, and it just went from here to there. The very first CD that I did that actually had exposure, because I was still kind of playing guitar and a little bit of steel. No, Cyril was fun to play with. I learned a lot. He was kind of an innovative person, too, on Slack Key. Yeah. One good part of my life playing with him. The role of the steel, to me, still sounds kind of like a, a filled instrument and uh, maybe some solos here and there. It hasn't really took it, taken the forefront like the ukulele. You know, maybe it's a good message to kids who might want to learn that you don't always have to. You, the instrument can play anything. Greg Sardino has showcased his Hawaiian steel guitar talent, performing locally in Hawaii and abroad. In fact, he is the winner of the 2014 Nahoku Hanu Hanu Award for Instrumental Album of the Year 
for his stainless steel guitar, Stylings of Greg Sardina. Greg now has the reputation as the steel guitar player who has the ability to present old Hawaii with a contemporary twist. You know, he's contributed to numerous recordings with a variety of Hawaii's top recording artists, and he has adapted his styling of the Hawaiian steel guitar to a diverse group of musical styles, such as traditional Hawaiian, contemporary Hawaiian, reggae, country, rock, and folk. His discography includes work on over a hundred albums as an instrumentalist and or producer. I just finished a couple of Hawaiian CD, um, Hawaiian Steel Volume 4 with all this Hawaiian. So I said, I gotta do one that's contemporary. So what better songs pick than the ones that I like? Well, these are songs that I always enjoyed huh, as a kid growing up. We all know these songs. So I just took these songs and, um, and I did it not knowing what was gonna come out of it. Winning the award was kind of a nice compliment. Maybe the only story in that is steel guitar can play anything. Doesn't always have to be just one stop, one style. If you look around in the mainland, they're doing all kinds of things with the steel. So one would think the melodic sounds of the steel guitar in many genres of music would make it really popular in Hawaii. Yeah, that was the case in the 40s, the 50s, and the 60s. And then as we move forward, hmm, maybe not so much. And there's a reason for that. Greg will share that. And then we trace the ebb and flow of the steel guitar in contemporary Hawaii. What made the steel guitar unique? It's just, I think it's more just the Hawaiian music. I mean, the whole thing started with Joseph Kipuku and um, they did all their traveling, they introduced globally to everyone. Maybe the reason why it, it, uh, it died out in Hawaii, because I think a lot of the old timer musicians, they really didn't come back home. They planted roots in the mainland, you know, for so a while it was kind of stagnated. And then, you know, then you have the next generation, the Billy Hulin, the Bonnie Isaacs, and that group of uh, musicians. So uh, the uniqueness, I think it just comes from, you know, being here, playing here, being, uh, playing Hawaiian music here. I hear um, Hawaiian music in the, in, the, in the mainland, it has a little, I can, you can tell the mainland style as opposed to the, the local style here. You know, the whole uniqueness of playing Hawaiian still is being around it. Alan Akaka, for instance, he has a, a school that he teaches steel guitar along with other instruments. And I always figured that, I know Jerry Bird, we all kind of learned from Jerry Bird. I had a, uh, about um, not even a year of lessons with Jerry. It kind of opened up my eyes. And, and I remember he told me, uh, I'm going to teach you how to teach yourself. I was like, are you crazy? What does that mean? And then later on, it made sense. I'm going to teach you how to teach yourself. So, you know, I learned what I could from him and then I applied it and uh, started teaching myself exactly what he said. Once I guess they get past the um, all the little technique and stuff, um, that's the hard part to, to figure out. But once you get past that, um, 
you know, a little plane of steel. It's not that hard of an instrument to learn, but it does take a little discipline. So if you really like steel guitar, you should really um, stay with it. Yeah, don't give up. You know, if you teach 100 kids and 10 of them get interested and one of them come out of there being a power player, maybe that's the, that's the kid. I'd like to see something different happen in the steel guitar. We got good players. The young kids are really good and they're doing stuff, you know, but to find that one person that's going to sound, do something different, I'll go see him every day if I could. fun things about Greg Sardina is that he is always exploring the accepted boundaries and tries to see how he can tread new ground. You see, he's quite at home with traditional Hawaiian steel and he finds it fascinating, however, to explore. Case in point, Greg Sardina's project Across the Sea is a wonderful example of blending the kihoalu guitar of Jeff Peterson and the two-string Chinese fiddle, which is a folk instrument with a history going back more than a thousand years, and then adding his steel guitar. I had the opportunity to play some um, on rock songs, you know, or just go jam, and, uh, and uh, I had a couple of recordings of people doing some rock songs. Kind of out of the box for me, but I kind of enjoyed playing that. You know? so like, like a like like a little break. Yeah, I ended up playing with this blues group, um, and uh, you know it was like live, and uh, so I did a song with them, one of the venture songs, but I did it in that distortion guitar kind of sound. Wow, now I'm actually doing this, but you got to play with the right guys to do that. Playing with the girl now, um, her name is Sanghui Hung, and uh, we did a little. Little thing in the mainland with uh, me, her, and Jeff Peterson across the sea. So she has that. Right now we're recording uh, because we got time, and she says she's bored at home, so she came over. And yeah, they're kind of similar. You know, they have a similar sound, but they still have their own distinct sound. So, um, so we're doing that now, and we have uh, two two instruments, two fretless instruments playing along. And no, I like. I mean, I hear her ideas. I like to. Try to emulate it sometimes. She comes up with nice little things. So I was like, I wonder if I can do that with steel. Then Alan has his shows, and Alan, we always got this little jam session that goes on at the end. And uh, and we will do a song like you know, Little Grass Shack, and we always go right down the line. And I'm always trying to, like, where can I go uh, that's off the charts with these guys? And Alan will always look over. There goes Greg again. I'm just trying to figure out what else can we do with this song that doesn't sound like Little Grass Shack. The next part of the Greg Sardina story and the Hawaiian steel guitar involves the preservation and the perpetuation of 20th century 
Hawaiian music, and the steel guitar. Greg is an owner of his own record label, Keala Records, in which he's dedicated to pioneering Hawaiian steel guitar music into the next generation. He's produced a series of Hawaiian steel instrumental albums as well as Hawaiian and Hapahauli vocal albums featuring traditional Hawaiian instrumentation, including the Hawaiian steel guitar. You know, I just had gotten out of working at a company for 25 years and I thought, well, the, I think I'll get into the, the music business. And I, I said, I told my wife, I was probably going to get bad before it gets better. So when I decided to get into the music business, I decided, well, I don't want to just play music. Let's do other things, you know. So I had the studio stuff already. I had an engineer that was running it. And then he kind of retired, so I took on that. And then we had a record label. I said, well, if we're going to get into the music business, let's just make a label. It was my intention to put out um, uh, music of steel guitar music, instrumentals. So um, that's what I wanted to do. Uh, so Alan was teaching kids, and I thought, well, maybe we don't have enough. We don't have enough steel guitar music out there. So I had uh, volumes of Hawaiian steel, one, two, three, up to uh, eight, I think I did. And then um, and it featured Alan, Casey, Paul, different musicians, all steel guitar players. And so that way, I think uh, for all the uh, steel guitar enthusiasts, they had some instrumentals to go to and go listen. Yeah. And so we, we decided to just put, put out our own label and put these CDs under that. And then we had a couple of people that wanted to come in and use our label uh, to, re you know, we recorded my studio. They didn't have anywhere to go, so we just put it under Kela Records. Hawaii's classic steel guitar players now living in Southern California is Uncle Dookie Ching. Uncle Dookie is now in his 80s, loves to share stories and his music. In fact, he was the subject of a kupuna series featured by the Sandwich Island Social Network recently. And on one of Uncle Dookie's journeys back home, he visited Greg Sardina at his studio. He's one of them that... Uh that came here and recorded under our label too. He wanted to come up here and do one. So I had the backup. We, we played backup to his music. And so I think he's Hawaiian Steel Volume 5. Of like, I think it's Volume 5. So he's got one of those too. So when we meet up in Maui at the Steel Convention and stuff, uh, I like listening to his story. Live performances with Greg Sardina are a one-of-a-kind experience. The joy of his music is often an exercise in musical exploration. It's where he finds excitement in that moment, a progression of chords, the fingers move at the speed of thought to create his unique sound. 
And there's a reason why appreciative listeners tilt their heads just a little and move their chairs just a little bit closer to take into some of Greg Sardina's stainless steel. You know, uh, there's a good ex- um, explanation. Like uh, um, I did something with Mike Kaava, Hawaiian Grooves. And uh, so I kind of took my time and try to make some nice little licks other than just kind of recording and slam it away. And okay, that's fine. So I worked on it to try to make something nice out of it. And then one day he called me up, um, hey, come play with me down at the, over here in Honey's in Kailua. And then they, he did some of the songs and I, I played something else. And they all looked at me, no, 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 no. They hummed the licks that I played. They hummed it to me just because, because they, they all knew it and it fit. It's just a memorable lick. So I thought I was doing that with Mike and I try to do that whenever I get the chance. Let's make something memorable. It was so memorable that they looked at me and they hummed it to me. So I got to play. Well, you played it on the CD. Can't you play it? Well, I haven't played it since. But yeah, in the studio, you can take your time. You can make something nice. And then um, um, stainless was kind of like that. You know, it just gave me the time to play something first and listen to it a little bit. Oh, I like that idea. Go, go back and maybe play something that might go along with that rather than what I did earlier. You know, try to make paste it together. or well, not paste it, but put it down and then play it, play it through one time. You know, just get some nice ideas going out of this. Live, I, I don't think I can play the same lick twice. You know, it's always going to come out different. Being on stage, playing live for everybody is watching them enjoy it. You know, that's, a, that's nice already. It's a good moment for me. They'll walk up and look at, wow, I want to stand right there and watch you play. The Hawaiian steel guitar continues to evolve in the mind and heart of Greg Sardina. From the humble beginnings in Palolo Valley to music releases shared throughout the islands, and then through Asia and Europe, Hawaii's Greg Sardina is one of Hawaii's steel guitar treasures. We say aloha and mahalo for tuning in to Aloha Happens, produced by the Sandwich Island Social Network, technical engineer, Lono Archambault. My name is Kamaka Brown. I've been your host, and we'll see you next time on Aloha Happens. <laughs>